Warren lowered his voice. She came in here as if the devil himself was after her. She says she's found a body. My wife's already called your lot, but they've not arrived yet. That was over ten minutes ago, he added reproachfully. Joe squatted down and brought his face level to the girls. She was in her late teens, he guessed, slightly overweight, with long brown hair that had frizzed in the damp air. She had a small nose and a rosebud mouth, and she looked a wreck. Her thick makeup had smeared, leaving dark tracks of eyeliner and mascara running down her cheeks. Her clothes, inadequate for the chill of the night, had bunched up, showing a long expanse of thigh. Her tights were intact up to her ankles, but her feet were torn, revealing filthy, bleeding flesh beneath. A single beige stiletto lay discarded on the floor. Hi, love. My name's Joe. I'm a policeman. What's your name? She took a deep, shuddering breath. Debbie. Debbie Tellerhay. She sipped her drink, and Joe saw her hand was still trembling. Debbie? Can you tell me what happened? It took a few moments for the answer to come. I, I, I went for a drink with my mates in the abbot's head and... While I was walking home, I, I got the feeling I was being followed. She paused to take another drink. Anyway, I, I was so scared, so I, I nipped into the undercroft. You know, the old building by the library. I know it. Go on. Well, I, I thought I'd shaken him off, and I was going to carry on walking home when... She stopped speaking, as though what she was about to say was too painful to contemplate. Joe knew that if he tried to rush her, she'd clam up altogether. This needed patience. After a long silence, she began to whisper. It was dark, and with the fog. I thought I saw something on the ground. What? I thought it was a bundle of clothes at first, but then I saw it was a woman. I didn't touch her. So you don't know if she was dead, or just unconscious? I was sure she was dead, but... Her eyes met his. Do you think she might have been alive? Joe didn't answer. He didn't want to make the girl feel bad about fleeing the scene, rather than calling an ambulance right away. He touched her hand, a gesture of reassurance, and retraced his steps to the doorway. Standing in the entrance, he took his mobile phone from his pocket to make the call that would, hopefully, hurry things along. Although on such a foggy night, the patrols on duty would undoubtedly have their hands full. He got through to the control room and explained who he was and what had happened. A couple of minutes later, he had a call from the patrol, who just arrived at the undercroft. They were about to conduct a search. Joe turned and went back into the pub. It was just a matter of waiting. Driving in such thick fog was bloody dangerous, Sergeant Eunor O'Kane observed to the young PC sitting, arms folded in the passenger seat. She'd seen countless nasty RTAs when people went too fast for the conditions. As she said the words, a van loomed in front of her, seemingly out of nowhere. She hit the brake pedal and swore loudly. When she reached their destination, she pulled the car off the road, 
It would be tempting fate to park on the road so that some idiot could cannon into them. Yuda had never had an optimistic view of human nature. They clambered out of the car, and Yuna's young colleague put on his cap. Who reported it? he asked. Alas, on her way home from a night out, she thought she was being followed by some weirdo, so she hid in the undercroft in the hope he'd go past. Stupid thing to do if you ask me, she said with a snort. What if he'd seen her go in? She'd have been cornered in there. At least out on the street she'd have a fighting chance of someone passing by. Did he corner her? No. But, well, I wouldn't have done it. Of course he wouldn't, Sarge. He could have added that it would be a brave weirdo who'd follow Una O'Kane, but he was too scared. Let's see the body, then. Shouldn't we call for backup? The pathologist and... Let's see what we've...